Welcome to Courtney Barrett Radio. I'm Courtney and I'm your spiritual side hustle coach. I'm a former corporate sales rep turned spiritual business coach and breathwork facilitator. I am obsessed with helping you launch your online coaching business, sign your first clients and balance it all with your nine to five. Let's be real. There's no guidebook for 20 something women on how to handle the post-grad world of businesses, jobs, money, spirituality, and life. But if you're anything like me, I know you want to own your power to create major impact, start that business, and manifest your divine abundance. So consider this your spiritual yet down-to-earth bestie, sharing her experiences and tips for you to make your own rules. You're ready for this, babe. Now grab your favorite crystal and journal and keep listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cordy Bear Radio. I am so excited to bring with me another special guest today, and you guys are going to love her. So with me, I have Nandini Tamil-Chelvin, who helps people tap into themselves and reclaim their power through deep healing work from a decolonial approach. So if you have never heard of her before, you are going to leave this interview just having your total perspective shifted, and I just can't wait to hear you think. So Nandini, welcome to the show. (laughs) Hey, thank you so much for having me. And of I'm course. So here. Yes, yes, me too. So I guess for anyone who doesn't know, we actually met a few months ago at a breathwork facilitator training. And it's crazy to think of how our journeys have unfolded since then. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, definitely. I didn't even know that I was going to get into coaching when we did our breathwork training hmm. together. It's just insane. Yeah. So speaking of your coaching, do you want to share a little bit more about you and the work that you do? Yeah. So I just finished um, my coaching certification and I became trained in NLP, um, hypnotherapy, EFT, time techniques and coaching. (laughs) And um, and so if anyone is interested in knowing where I got that from, it was from Yes Supply. Mm -hmm. um, And I loved it because it was like a one-stop shop for all of that mm-hmm. um and I started off doing intuitive work with um the Akashic Records and then I realized that I wanted to do more like healing work and then I went to learn mm-hmm. breath work <laughs> when we did um breathwork training I realized that I actually really enjoyed coaching people and was kind of already doing it without realizing that I was <laughs> it's like a natural talent <laughs> <laughs> yeah just um you know sometimes in like everyday conversations or with um breathwork clients who were coming in or um clients who came to me for like Akashic Records readings mm-hmm. and I was like you know I kind of really enjoy this and people seem to be getting something out of this so why not go and learn it and actually be able to help people and kind of do it properly and bring in another modality because mm-hmm. with breath work that works a lot with the body and then mm-hmm. with the NLP and all of that those other things they work with the mind and so that's been um so that's the work that I do mm-hmm. and it's it's definitely been really interesting to combine these different modalities and see how they work together mm-hmm Oh, I love that. And what inspired you to start your business? Like when you first took your Akashic Records course, you know, what, 
I don't know, like, was there a moment that you realized that you wanted to dive into this? And I'd love to hear about it. (laughs) Yeah, to be completely honest, I actually always wanted to have a business. Like I knew that I enjoyed doing this work and showing up online, but I never felt like that was possible for me. I thought it was possible for everyone else, but it was never Mm. going to happen for me. And when I did my Akashic Records course, I actually didn't um, intend to start a business even then. In fact, I, yeah, (laughs) I had done that and I I was um, learning to, I guess, use it for myself. And then I was doing practice readings for my family and my friends just to Mm -hmm. um, develop my own skills. But I never thought of going into business. And when I swapped readings with someone, she was, she asked me then like why are you not doing this for people who are so good at it it was at that moment that I asked myself can I actually have this like this business that I've been dreaming of and this Mm -hmm. vision that I've had for myself can I actually have it and what would happen if I did go for it Oh, that's amazing. And to be honest, that's actually something that I struggled with too. Like I would see other people doing it and I'd be like, no, but like me, I don't know. Right. Um, So I'd love to hear like, was there a moment where you really turned things around and you realized that you could do this and how did you jump in? Yeah, I feel like um, to be completely honest, I feel like there've been a few moments like that (laughs) because (laughs) It's almost as if every time I decide to jump all in, there is a part of me that goes, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I have to rewire that part of me. Um, And so it's it's definitely been a few moments. Um, I think I really had to sit down and ask myself, what would happen if I went for it? And then I allowed myself to actually go into what would happen if I failed completely as well. Hmm. And I actually kind of sat with that. And I realized that if I did um, fail, so you guys don't know this, but I am also (laughs) studying um, full-time right now and I'm studying Hmm. um, criminology and I really enjoy what I'm studying. So then I realized that if I did fail in my business, I would be able to get a nine to five job that I enjoyed doing. Mm -hmm. And let's just say there were um, like, I put in money into my business and I lose that. I know I will be able to make it back in a nine to five. And I also Mm -hmm. know that should I go, (coughs) excuse me. I also know that should I go back to um, criminology, I'm going to enjoy that job and at that moment I realized okay actually I have nothing to lose by going for this yeah (laughs) oh that's so beautiful and I think that's such a perfect example too of having an abundance mindset you know seeing all these different options for yourself and knowing that like you'll be okay no matter what (laughs) that's exactly it I think it's just remembering that you're being supported and I think a lot of us have this idea of what a dream job is because, you know, in high school, when you do those like career tests and it gives you your dream (laughs) job. I know. I didn't learn too much from that. (laughs) 
No, neither did I. <laughs> I think we just get so fixated on having one job that satisfies mm-hmm. us that we forget that we are multifaceted. And yeah. so is our purpose because you we we have a life purpose, right? We don't ha- we don't actually come here with a dream job. We come here with a life purpose. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you're going to be fulfilling that same purpose, but in a number of different roles throughout your life. So at one stage, maybe it's a business, then at, at another stage, maybe it's in a relationship. And then at another stage, maybe it's something else. We, you know, I think this idea of needing to pick one job and just working in that for the rest of your life is not serving anyone (laughs) and we actually deny so much of ourselves by trying to put ourselves into a box Mm -hmm. oh that's so powerful I'm like I wish I had that advice years ago (laughs) but it's beautiful because now we can share it with others Amazing. So I want to circle back a little bit and talk about mindset because what I really appreciate about your work is that you take things really deep and you look at things from not only a mind perspective, but also body and soul. So was there a certain moment where you realized that, you know, affirmations, for example, just weren't enough? And, you know, how did you come to where you are today where you see things from a bigger perspective? Yeah, I know. I love that question. I think it was really just trial and error with myself and where I saw the most mm-hmm. results. Um, because I had been trying to repeat affirmations to myself to, um, to improve my self-worth, for example, and it hadn't really been working. And the reason it wasn't working was because, you know, the affirmations, they were speaking to my conscious mind but they were not speaking to my subconscious mind. So it's yeah. like, I would tell myself I'm enough. Or I would tell myself I today I choose to believe I'm enough. And my subconscious mind would look at me and be like, bitch, please. Yeah. So I think it was that moment when I realized um, that you got to speak to your subconscious mind as well so when I started um my degree I was also doing a degree in psychology I was doing a double degree Mm -hmm. um and we covered a little bit of the subconscious mind there and that's when I became really interested in this idea because we had touched on um how it runs like 95 percent of your life yeah it's crazy (laughs) I know it was so mind-blowing and the fact that it forms by the time you're seven years old and all of your um, the foundations of your life are laid out there. Like that mm. is insane. Yeah, there's a lot of junk in there. <laughs> yeah, <I'll be> sure. <laughs> yeah, but then my degree wasn't giving me the tools to how ha- of how to reprogram mm. it. Okay. And that's when I, you know, started digging deep and asking myself, okay, how can I um, change this for myself? And I and I guess coming from like a trauma perspective and I also want to make it clear that when I say trauma I'm not talking about um the big trauma events I'm talking about mm-hmm. your smaller um traumas that or, or I think rather than traumas I'm going to use the word significant uh emotional event mm-hmm. so when you have like a significant um emotional event so maybe that's someone telling you that 
you um you don't you don't look good today or someone tells you you're so stupid like why didn't you score higher on your test for example mm-hmm. that creates an emotional response in you and then it also creates a belief system and when you work with the subconscious mind you change the belief system but you haven't gone back to the body and kind of unpicked that emotional reaction mm-hmm. and that's when i guess i had i had a really deep um appreciation for breathwork because yeah. that's how we learned how to um change that within your body mm-hmm. i love it and do you want to share a little bit more about how you use um nlp and breathwork to supplement this kind of transformation yeah so i guess when i'm working with a coaching client we've got our coaching plan um mapped out and what transformations we are working on and then in the sessions i would use um like the nlp tools and um like hypnotherapy for example or even um time techniques and we'd be working with that and i would also send over a breathwork recording um that walks them through how to release emotions in their body mm okay Yeah and so doing that together um then supports them because by the end of our time together mm-hmm. they've been working on their mind and their body and so it hasn't just been like one or the other and so it's been a really i guess holistic view mm-hmm. of transformation Amazing. So I'd love to also touch on the soul aspect too because I know that you also help with ancestral healing. Um and I know that that's something that a lot of people aren't familiar with yet. So do you maybe want to share a little bit more about what exactly ancestral healing is? And for anyone who isn't aware, you know, how do the events of our ancestors' lives actually relate to the life that we're living right now? Yeah, so with ancestral healing um i guess going back to that idea of a significant um emotional event it creates mm-hmm. a response in your body and when you don't break that response you can pass it on um you know through i guess your genes but also mm-hmm. just through um your interactions with the people around you when you're carrying all of that inside of you that already impacts how you show up and if anyone is interested in learning about um ancestral healing and this idea of the sister wound specifically i believe that manifestation babe has a podcast episode um on this where she talks about the sister wound and how mm-hmm. so i'm actually just going to use that as an example because it's a great <laughs> one yeah <laughs> yeah so she talks about how in europe during the dark ages um a lot of women were accused of being witches right mm-hmm. and they essentially had women turning against each other because like if i wanted to protect my family i would then name courtney as a witch mm-hmm. and she would get burned and i was um and so i was protecting myself and then someone else was being burned and there was a lot of mistrust specifically okay. um among women because of that mm-hmm. and this today catherine um says has created a sister wound 
amongst women and which is why even today we have this idea of women being pitted against each other mm, that makes and, a lot of sense yeah and and you know all the competition and and <coughs> this idea of um like com- competing instead of collaborating she mm. says it comes from that time and so i think that's just the perfect example of how something that happened in the past your ancestors is still impacting you today mm-hmm. and so if you look at that now but for other i guess um groups as well like say for people who are not in europe at that time mm-hmm. um you've got different events like if we look just recently we've got colonization we've got slavery and you've got both sides of this as well because you have people who were colonized and who were mm-hmm. enslaved but then you've also got the people who were carrying out these things mm-hmm. and so it's this idea of ancestral healing it's something that all of us need to do because it it leaves i guess um it i guess it leaves a mark on you right it leaves this um this mark of unhealed emotions mm-hmm. on you and so you want to work um towards clearing that up yeah that's really interesting because i feel like sometimes it's hard to remember that you know life happened before we were born and i <laughs> i know that probably sounds so silly but it's like okay we're here like time to leave our mark like this is like a fresh blank page but there is so much that's gone on before us so now i'm really curious to look into like the different areas that my family was from which is mostly um japan and the uk i'm really curious to see you know what events happened back then and you know what what might still be around in my life that i don't notice <laughs> yeah no it's um it's really interesting work and i'm so excited for you to dive into it ah. and and you know what i actually completely understand what you're saying because it would be so nice right if we didn't have to do this work come <laughs> here with the blank slate i'm good like <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah um but then i guess the flip side of it is when you do this work and you know should you decide to have any children they are coming into a line that has been healed mm, that's powerful yeah i do want to leave um everyone with a specific example of ancestral healing and how that mm-hmm. might, um that can have an impact because um yeah we've i talked about the sister wound but that's still quite broad <laughs> maybe not something that everyone can necessarily um relate to So my great grandmother lived through um the Japanese occupation of Singapore. And oh. yeah, and in that time um we had, you know, World War 2 going on, right? So there wasn't a lot of food, food was being mm-hmm. rationed, um people were being killed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of um trauma around that. Now she specifically I think had trauma around not having enough food and so she used to always like throughout her life she used to keep saying like any pantry or like kitchen should always be like overflowing like it should have a lot 
But she wasn't talking about that from an abundance point of view. Mm -hmm. She was talking about it from a, you should stockpile for the worst point of view. (laughs) A lot of people (laughs) were feeling that earlier this year, the pandemic. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, with a pandemic, I understand that it's triggering that in us. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we are looking at that um, daily and, we don't even realize what's going on. Like my mom had ordered stuff for our pantry a few months back and the place that we get it from, they do like bulk orders because they only ship to Australia if it's in bulk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is really unfair by the way. Like the number of things that we don't get and we need to buy in bulk or they don't <laughs> ship here or something. <laughs> but that's like a whole other story. Um. And she, and although they were shipping it in bulk, I think she had ordered more than what was needed for the bulk order. And we didn't really have space for all of it. And I was asking her, like, you know that our pantry isn't really that big. Like, why are you ordering so <laughs> And then we sat and had a conversation about it. And we realized that this idea of hoarding that we got from my great-grandmother like every one of us has had it in different ways like for some of us it's actually food for me it's not necessarily like food um like pantry wise but if I'm like eating something sometimes I have this fear that I may not get to eat it again hmm. even though that's really unrealistic right I, if it's a restaurant I can go back there again if it's something I like I can cook it again <laughs> And so this, so I guess that's just another example of how one person's, um, one person's uh, life experiences can impact the rest of their family because of the mm-hmm. stories that they're going to tell about that. And then the subsequent like belief systems that it creates in us. And if anyone is interested, like intergenerational trauma is an amazing thing to look at um, to understand how all of this works a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. And I'm like, I'm definitely going to do a deep dive. Uh, but I feel like it's also really inspiring to think about your own life. You know, what kind of legacy do you want to leave for anyone who is coming after you? <laughs> exactly. And that's, I think that's one of the things that has kept me going through this because I where I am right now I feel like yes I do want to have kids maybe that might change but I have been thinking a lot about the kind of world that I want to bring children into the kind of family that I want to bring them into and so it's kept me going because sometimes you know shadow work or ancestral healing it's not fun right no one wants to do it (laughs) Yeah, so I think when you have a vision of the kind of legacy that you want to leave behind, it keeps you going, even in those times where you feel like, I just want to crawl into bed and not do this work. (laughs) I love it. Well, that'll be everyone's homework today. (laughs) Uh, But I want to also ask you about the Akashic Records, because that's something that I never heard of until this year. But I read a book about it and it was really intriguing. And I'd love if you could tell us a little bit more about what exactly that is and maybe how you use this to help your clients with their healing work. Yeah, so I, the Akashic Records are essentially like an energetic database 
of every soul that has ever lived. And so if I was going to pull up, um, say, my file, for example, mm-hmm. it's not my file from this lifetime. It's my file from every lifetime that I've ever lived. So it's a file of my soul, not mm-hmm. a file of me as a person. And it's really amazing because through that, when you're you know, looking through the different pages, you actually get to look at the lifetimes that you have lived and how it has impacted you. You get to, um, you know, and and within that energetic frequency, you also get to speak to your guides and your ancestors. And so you get to do an energy healing within, (coughs) excuse me, within the records, which is really amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so with, I guess with the records, the thing that trips people up is, is it like a place? Like, how do I go there? Um, you know, <laughs> how does it work? Mm-hmm. So I like to think of it the same as doing any kind of intuitive work, whether um, someone is like a psychic or a medium. Um, I see it as being the same, like we're tapping into the same frequency. Mm. But I see the records as being different because it has a clear process like um for me for example I use the pathway prayer process so there is an opening prayer that I say and then I enter the records and then there is a closing prayer that I say and then I'm out of the records um and so that means that I'm not necessarily in that frequency all day because sometimes it's overwhelming and also if I've done a reading for someone else that means that I'm in their energy all day and I'm not in my own um like my own field and so I really like the records (coughs) because right now I'm still learning how to I guess step out of someone else's energy and like come back in and so it has a really clear process now some people also use um, pendulums for example to access the records I didn't know that I yeah, I, I think I saw one program that was using pendulums. It didn't really resonate with me though, but just um, letting everyone know that there are so many options for how you want to tap into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, tapping into the records, how exactly does that help us? Like, how does it help us to know what other lives that our soul has experienced? Okay, I... I feel like with the records, like there are so many things that you can do with it. It literally is like infinite possibilities. Um, Yeah, I'm imagining like all these computer tabs open. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's exactly it. It's like, it it really is like going into, um, say like this room of wonders. (laughs) And it's like anything you can think of. so I used to use it a lot for business decisions and, um, you know, I guess really like mapping out different things and also um, just working to build my own intuition more. Mm-hmm. And I also used to use it um, like with clients, I would use it to figure out where their say money issues, for example, were coming from. Like, oh. is it from, yeah, like, was it from childhood uh past life or ancestral and then um 
once we figure that out, then I'd say, okay, what tools can we actually use to clear that? And also if, you know, their guides had any specific messages for them around that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the records, like it isn't necessarily just um, say past life or even tapping into your intuition for your business, for example, you can use it for literally anything. Like I am part of um, the Facebook group for where I learned to read the records from, which is mm-hmm. Ashley Wood from Align Within, if anyone is interested. Um, and someone had mentioned in the group that they use the Akashic records whenever they're feeling like angry or upset. Like they just go into wow. the records so they can feel that calm, loving energy. And that's so interesting because that's something I've never done before. And I was like, wow, I can actually, I can just do that. Like if I'm, you know, really frustrated and I just need to, I guess, feel that loving energy, then that's something that I can do. So it's, it really is infinite possibilities. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. And I feel like that's also reassuring too, to like know that like this wholeness of who we are and, you know, all these different pieces of us, when they come together, they're pure love like that's it you know and I don't know it's just a very comforting thought um but I'd love to switch gears a little bit and chat about decolonization because I know that's something that you are really passionate about and your social media I mean everyone needs to go follow you for sure I love everything you post like it's just it's so informative and it's a conversation that needs to be had so I'd love to hear like when it comes to spirituality was there a certain moment where you first became aware of how the two were linked and for anyone who takes an interest in spirituality but hasn't become aware of this just yet do you want to share about why it's important <laughs> because it is <laughs> no thank you so much um I think I first became aware of it when I started looking into cultural appropriation because mm, of yeah. yoga yeah, so for um, you know anyone who doesn't know, I am from an Indian background, and yoga is yoga is dead. It's actually a great podcast to listen to if anyone is interested in this idea of decolonization. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really good resource. Um, I think I realized it when I was looking at pictures of yoga. And every single image was a white woman. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it was the same thing with meditation. And I was like, where is the diversity in this? Because, you know, it, 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 it was not a, like, it was not a practice that came from one of the European countries. Right. Hmm. So where is the representation of the people who brought it to you. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, many people who are into spirituality, chances are you're probably into yoga and meditation as well, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, where is your respect for the people who brought this to you? Because it is a gift. It is a gift that they have chosen to share with you. Mm -hmm. And then you know subsequently when you don't honor them through that it is incredibly disrespectful Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I mean it makes a lot of sense because I mean even when you think about it when 
we were in school, right? If it's like, if you wrote a paper, you wouldn't just expect to like copy it from someone else and pass it off as your own. Whereas sometimes the things like this, people feel so comfortable doing it. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's, um, you know, you had to go and actually paraphrase things and you had to come up with your own ideas as well. You couldn't just go and submit like the same paper as someone else or go and take, um, you know, an already published paper and then just pass it off as your own. Yeah. Like that would not work. I was just going to say, um, I think that if anyone is interested in, okay, where do I start with this? Because it is a lot and I think the more you dig into it, you realize that actually there are many things around you that um, I don't want to use the word wrong, but I want to say maybe need to be changed. Um, and so it, you really can fall down a rabbit hole. So mm-hmm. a great place to start is to actually research the roots of the practices you do. Mm-hmm. So if, any, if anyone here does um, EFT tapping, for example that which I know Courtney loves and I love too <laughs> yeah except I'm ashamed to say I, I don't know where it came from <laughs> um so it was developed by psychologists but then the um I guess like the foundations behind it was traditional Chinese medicine and the idea of the meridian points mm, kind of like acupuncture right yes okay. exactly this makes sense <laughs> yeah and so it's loosely based on that, but that was the inspiration for the psychologists um, developing tapping. Mm-hmm. And so when I've talked about tapping uh, in the past, I've always tried to preface it by saying, okay, this is where tapping comes from. Mm-hmm. So that people yeah. are reminded of where its roots are. And so then they appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful way to honor it because it's like, you know, having this conversation isn't saying that we shouldn't engage in these practices anymore, but it's saying, you know, honor where they came from, make the effort to learn about them. You know, who was it that gave you this beautiful gift and, you know, respect it, but you can still enjoy it. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, if you think about um, if someone bought you a slice of cake, for example, that you absolutely loved, wouldn't you want to know which bakery it was from so you could go get it for yourself? Yeah, instead of your friend being like, oh, I made this for you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's kind of like that, right? Like you want, and you know, you, if someone gives you that slice of cake, you would also thank them because they're giving you that gift. And it's the same thing. Like you want to know where your practices are coming from so that you can practice gratitude to the people who gave it to you. Mm-hmm. and also if you want to look deeper then now you know where to look for it mm-hmm. that's really powerful I mean even when you think about it this just sparked in my mind is a lot of people are really conscious about where their food comes from right they a lot of people nowadays are really interested in local food they want to know who is the farmer like where where was this grown right and we should feel the same way about our spiritual practices <laughs> exactly I think it's just having that curiosity for for our lives and and the different things that we do that sometimes maybe we don't necessarily have the time or the bandwidth for right because we are just so busy and we're all just hustling and Mm -hmm. we we don't necessarily (laughs) have time for it which I understand which 
is why I think if you engage in a number of spiritual practices, just start by picking one because that, that's it. You, you just need to start with one and you've already made, um, like you've already made a great step towards it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think something else that people could do just to really be embodying that decolonial approach outside of spirituality yeah. is to research the land that you live on. Yeah. Yeah, I saw your post about that the other day and I felt so upset that I didn't know what the answer was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when we... So I live in Australia mm-hmm. and you know, I live on stolen land too. And, and it's, you know, it doesn't take a lot of time for me to look up whose land that I live on. Yeah, it so takes like two seconds. <laughs> exactly. It really doesn't take a lot of time, but that already shows your commitment to creating a world where everyone has more freedom mm-hmm. because you are respecting the people who stood here before you because the people who lived here before me did not just walk away and say okay you know we're done with this land now we're leaving no they were forced (laughs) out of here Mm -hmm. right and so it's taking a moment to just remember that and being grateful that we live in a world now Mm -hmm. where we can actually honor them absolutely Well, Nandini, I could literally talk to you all day. I've been loving this chat so far. Um, But before we go, I have one more question for you, which is kind of switching gears a little bit. But I'd love to hear, like, when it comes to your life, you know, you've got a lot going on with your business. I know you also do tutoring and you're studying yourself. So what are your favorite ways to balance yourself between all of these different things? I have a very structured morning routine <laughs> and um, evening routine. And when I say structured, I mean like I give myself that same time every day to do it. But what I do within that kind of changes. Okay. Um, yeah. And so having that helps me start the day and end the day, um, taking time out for myself and feeling good. And I also try and have like a mid-afternoon, like, check-in just for me to tap into my Mm -hmm. energy and see how I'm going and you know maybe if I need to do like a tapping session or sometimes I'll just close my eyes and like visualize this light energy coming and healing me Mm -hmm. um so there are a number of practices but I think these are my favorite ones and you know within my morning and evening routine I also have my non-negotiables and then my extras because mm-hmm. sometimes I really don't have that amount of time like <laughs> you know because <laughs> university loves us like you know those weeks where you've got say five assignments due or something and you just you feel like you have no time for yeah. anything oh my gosh I remember that life all too well <laughs> exactly <laughs> um so then my non-negotiable might be just um five minutes of tapping and that's mm-hmm. it like and that is enough. And that is the other thing um, as well. Like I've had to remind myself, okay, what is actually enough so that I don't then leave that five minutes of tapping feeling like crap that I haven't done anything. Yeah. And I know that just that was enough. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. 
And I know that we talked about so much today, but do you have any last words that you would love to share? <laughs> I, I want to say trust yourself, whether you are in a business, whether you are a student, whether you work a nine to five, just trust yourself. Because I remember what it was like to sit in a classroom and mm-hmm. feel like I couldn't even trust the answers that I was going to give that I wouldn't put my hands up. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, and and it really comes down to that, right? Do you believe in yourself? Do you believe that you actually have done that? And it's, it's not like I hadn't studied at all and I was trying to you know, <laughs> a discussion or something. I had done the readings. I had gone to class. It was just, <laughs> yeah, it was just the self-belief. So trust yourself because it will change your life. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And where can we find you? Where can we hang out? Do you have any offers at the moment that you would love to tell everyone about? I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it just, it kind of did. <laughs> it's just, it's you. <laughs> um, so I am on Instagram um, at Maya underscore collective. Um, and I am working towards building up my coaching program which is going to launch really soon. So keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, though, while that's launching, I am offering um, single coaching sessions. Um, And right now it is at a really reduced rate because I just finished up my coaching certification and I want Mm -hmm. to get a lot of practice in. So if you guys are interested in getting that coaching with me and, you know, working at that mind and body level and you're interested in that and, you know, for whatever reason, because this year has been a difficult year, if you feel like you don't necessarily have the funds for that, like this is a great time because it is going at a really reduced um, price. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Well, we'll put the links below for everything so everyone can come and hang out with you afterward. But this has been so amazing. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so good. Yes. And thank you to everyone for listening. We're going to make sure you do your homework. So send us a message on Instagram if you try out anything we've talked about today. And I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening and letting me guide you to your most spiritual side hustle. If you love the show, I would be so grateful to hear from you in an iTunes review. And be sure to come hang out with me over on Instagram at the Court Barrett and join my free Facebook community, the Spiritual Side Hustle Society, for even more daily inspo and tips. Now, what are you waiting for? Go out there and live your soul's purpose, and I'll talk to you next time.